there's demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside <laughs> We're not going to be able to talk I know, it's we're, too distracting We are going to have to get used to this But I think we will when we have something to actually talk about Rather than just the fact that we're talking Oh, must you all right, we're getting scary cats. We've got new equipment. That's why the audio sounds so good, but it's throwing us off. We're feeling a little awkward about yeah, it. And that's why it sounds so bad. <laughs> we'll get better, but it's it's exciting. It's, yeah. It feels very official now. This is a big step up. So um, we didn't mention this in either of the, um, the previous episodes since it happened, but we have switched the like studio setup a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, we're, since um, the fateful episode 13, where um, our guest Trevor Pullman blew out the futon, Broke the couch. Go back and listen to that. It's hilarious. It's pretty funny. It's uh, right after we watch the movie is when that happens. Maybe I'll um, play the clip right now. I prefer um, the Pilsner Urkel to the uh, Heineken. Whoa. whoa! Shall we all do a whoa? Yeah. We just had a bit of a couch blowout. I blame so the demon. Sorry. Did it crack through? It oh, dude, like it's it. obviously not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously yeah, not your fault. Yeah, cracked there. Let's get here. It popped out. That looks fixable. I'll I'll deal yeah. with it later. Maybe? Yeah, it literally just uh, yeah. popped out of the bracket. Yeah. Not that anything snapped. Okay. I felt like I snapped something. We, oh no, no, it snapped here. Yeah, did it, it actually break? Snapped. Yeah. Ooh, no. Okay. Well, we can send you a bill. Okay. Um, we we got this for free from the people who um, own the place, so <laughs> don't even don't even worry about it. See? Well, I still feel like a giant. I, I totally understand why you would, but <laughs> yeah, me too. Just I think anyone feel in my situation. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you came up, if, if you came over and broke the shit out of my couch, I'd be like, my couch sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anything, this is gonna force me to get like a half decent couch. <laughs> if anything, Trevor, you've made the podcast much more comfortable for me. Okay. Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You probably I, have. Hilarious, right? But maybe you won't. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, we'll see who looks stupid when we'll, the episode ends. <laughs> we'll see the editor. Or Dave. Or the <laughs> co-host. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, since the, the futon blew out, um, we have uh, Chris. Oh, had... You're smacking real heavy there. You're like, since the futons broke out. That's a, none of that. I can't. We have to, We I know, we have to condition our, our habits now, our speaking habits. All right, let's go to the full open mouth like we talked about. Uh-huh. All right, all right. Okay, so futon. I'm gonna be okay here. Yeah. Since the futon broke, um, we have uh, well, you have actually uh, set up a lovely new studio situation with the um a, this super comfortable big red couch. Got a comfy giant rouge couch. Yeah, it is so great. It's so much much better. better than a broken futon. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah, thank you so much, Trevor. And that's <laughs> genuine from me. Probably yeah. not from Chris. No, we moved. We changed the room that the couch was in. Um, we've got a slightly bigger TV here. Yeah, and those are two of the more minor changes. <laughs> Another one being these crazy microphones. And we got new microphones. Yeah, so we're either going to sound way better or way more awkward. One yeah. of the two. But so just forgive us for indulging in talking about the setup and the microphones. Yeah, and we went two episodes without talking about the fact that we're in a new. We did. So we did the old audio recording for a little bit, but now we're we're in the new, in the new zone. Yeah, and um, I don't know, just because we're talking, like, we're going back and talking a little bit about 
you know, what we missed out on talking about. There's so much that we didn't say in the previous two episodes. About what? Just um, things that have happened in our lives broadly? Well, there's that. There's like, we missed the opportunity to talk about the couch in the new studio. Um, yep. We specifically in last week's episode, assuming that this all comes out in order, mm-hmm. um, we talked or we watched... Um, Before I Wake. Thank you so much. I don't know why I cannot remember the name of that movie. No worries. But um, Scaredy Cats, you may not uh, remember the name of that movie either because it's kind of not released we realized yeah we we realized afterwards that the distribution company that was supposed to put out that film in september it had a release date set up and everything went bankrupt over the summer so this movie is kind of in limbo right now yeah so we we didn't know that because we just threw it on yeah the only we just randomly picked that movie last minute because we didn't have the right film that we were planning on watching it wasn't out either it wasn't out either (laughs) um but then visiting mike flanagan's website i noticed in his list of upcoming projects it had a, a bunch of release dates and then for before i wake there were just a bunch of question marks in brackets and then digging a little further i found out this whole um status about where the movie is right now yeah so that was a rude awakening halfway through the week um Mm -hmm. but so um yeah well but it's it's out there i'm sure you streamers and tricky torrenters will find ways to watch it i'm sure i just offended a lot of really in the know (laughs) horror fans who have all seen it and know how great it is yeah the other thing too that we didn't talk about too much is that him and jeff howard have another movie coming out at some point next year they're in post-production we were talking a little bit it off mic mm-hmm. this i forget what it's called some someone's game the name of the husband and then the word game did you even tell me what it was when you're i didn't know okay, because so. i can't remember it so i can't contribute to what it could possibly be called but hey you know what Let, just talking more broadly about the podcast this is this date of recording is exactly six months after when we got together and recorded our first episode the, the exorcist, exorcist? Uh-huh. We, this is our half year anniversary dave wow um it's been quite a ride through different couches, microphones. Yeah, we've uh, three microphones, two couches. 22 uh, horror movies. 22 horror movies. This In half a year, yeah. Which only works because we we waited a while before starting to release them. Otherwise, um, if you do the math, we should have had 26 plus right. at this point. Uh, if you did the math, scaredy cats, I didn't. We're not mathematicians. No. Um, wow, that's so much. I mean, not in compared to a lot of other podcasts for us it's it's great it's at the point where they're starting to really just blur i can't really remember yeah, i don't remember what we've done and i'm like excited because we're put, you know getting close to that magic number for me getting close to the getting close to the jaloon 30 jaloon go back to the troll hunter app if you don't know what jaloon is it's our favorite holiday jaloon 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 we're gonna celebrate in a big way and just go back and watch troll hunter because it's great yeah there's another reason that one's doing well a lot of people like i i had never heard of it before you even brought so, it up really it makes it my heart swell because <laughs> it's just my favorite i just love it so much uh, what are we watching today dave um i believe it is called the brood the brood a, a johnny c production johnny c yeah jo- <laughs> john carpenter yeah <laughs> do you mean davy c uh whoops whoops there it is yeah David Cronenberg, um, yeah, our our local Toronto director. Yeah, I, I was I was on his Wikipedia page the other day, and uh, it was kind of embarrassing to like go through the list and realize how many I haven't seen. Mm, interesting, I, yeah, yeah. I have not really filled out my uh, my Cronenberg. Yeah, you know he's from, and the fact that he's so local. Like, oh, I did it again. I hit this mic stand, and it sends a horrible sound. And I'll get better at that. I promise. 
for I'm just I fear Dave. Dave really hates small sounds <laughs> on the recording. Um, yeah. So looking back at, I also looked at the, all the things that he's directed, and I'm definitely more familiar with more recent things that he's done. Yeah. I think I've seen all the movies he's done from like the late 90s onward, but I haven't seen a lot of the 80s, early 90s films. Yeah, and that's like where he established his like aesthetic Cronenberginess. Right. That was a way better word. You that Rick and used. Rick and Morty. Yeah. Love parodying and referencing. Really, really. Took that. <laughs> What's what was the first David Cronenberg movie you saw? Fly. The Fly. Nice. I have not seen that one, and we debated watching that one potentially because we wanted to do a Cronenberg movie. So we ultimately yeah. decided this one. We both hadn't seen it. Yeah. It was his first big success. Yeah, like a critical success. Like people enjoyed the movie. Critical success. And I think box office as well. I think it did better than... He had a couple films that came out prior, but it, none of them made the kind of money that this one did. Yeah. And that's... So that's exciting to see, like at that point in history, such a pivotal name in horror, mm-hmm. what finally made them stand out. Right. You know, so that's that's really what I'm, I'm curious about watching this movie. Um, we did the research about it about a week ago uh-huh. we looked a bit into it just a tiny bit and i haven't looked into it at all since um to try to pull another um what was the the last one we went back and, and we really enjoyed not jacob's ladder but after that one uh in terms of an older older one, one suspiria yeah. suspiria right 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 and just like kind of wanting to be a little surprised and yeah you know, no you know i didn't I, mean? I didn't look up too much about the plot i did see that um this movie was being made and written and released during uh, a contentious custody battle that David Cronenberg had over his ex over his um uh, first child with his ex-wife so i think those are a lot of the themes that sure, are sure. in this movie somehow i know it's about um sinister children is that is it like culty is there like uh, some cult i don't know I, we're just gonna sound silly trying to yeah trying <laughs> speculate to without watching this movie because we don't know yeah so tell me about watching the fly like when did you oh, how long ago did you see this oh geez a long time ago yeah probably like uh over a decade okay and I you guess. just you sought it out you heard things about it you wanted to see it um well at um 17 years old i no it's got to be more than that i feel like i was around 15 last time i saw it okay and uh You've seen it a couple times. No, no, just one time. Just I'm just trying to like really place it. Right. Where I saw it because this is great dead air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can hear while you're remembering that I'll tell about, I'll talk about yeah, my why don't you experience talk with if, Cronenberg. Sure. So I volunteered at a library when I was 11, 12 years old, I believe. Okay. And just put in just the regular stuff, putting books back on the shelves and a uh, book boy, book boy. Yeah. <laughs> all the work that all the, old women who worked at the library didn't want to do and just wanted to offload on this kid who was volunteering free labor yeah well their knees hurt so yeah well you know a lot of these books are on high shelves they don't really need to bend their knees too much yeah well never mind then their knees were fine their knees were fine i'm just a little bitter as someone who wanted to do circulation so badly i mean i probably know more about computers in 1999 than these old women with good knees do but they wouldn't <laughs> let me check in the books they just made me put books back on shelves which was super boring but okay during all of that i came across a graphic novel adaptation of existence which was one of his late 90s movies okay. and this graphic novel actually came out before the movie was released so for some reason he did a weird project where he filmed the movie he had the screenplay and then he partnered up with a graphic novelist who then translated the whole story into graphic novel graphic novel form wow so 
I was just killing time at this library, flipping through, and I was completely captivated by the images I saw of the weird biological horror that yeah. is the, that I now know to be David Cronenberg. Cronenberg style. Yeah. And so I was captivated by this, and then eventually I was able to watch the movie somehow. I think I got a VHS rental somehow and loved the movie. That is cool to follow like a rabbit hole down like that discovering yeah. something and then going back and finding its source material so weird it That's made awesome. such an impression these images and then i loved the movie and i watched i've seen that movie a lot existence which is oh, okay have you seen that one no it's really it's really great and shares a lot of themes in common with the matrix but came out a little before the matrix oh, yeah interesting no it's really cool um so then that interestingly didn't really lead me down a david cronenberg wormhole like i haven't seen a lot of his movies i've seen um videodrome i checked that one out that's an early one yeah, that's super weird i saw scanners just last year actually yeah i i um tried a little bit to shoehorn scanners in today yeah last night i'm like what about scanners why don't we talk about that because in terms of just like the idea behind scanners it seems really exciting and appealing and the images that you see the cover There's, the yeah. trailer but in reality it's a very slow film it's got like it's got those those one or two climactic yeah so you have seen it i have yeah yeah okay but again it's got a really long time ago Uh, that's like another reason i didn't really want to know much about this because it's been so long since i've seen anything cronenberg like i have no idea what to right what to expect the presentation is going to look like yeah that's very exciting and like i was curious like neither of us seem to be like incredibly knowledgeable here about this man but like what do you think is the most cronenberg aesthetic cronenberg movie i think just all the biological horror ones so i think the fly um people say the the brood as well but i guess we'll see after we watch it but existence too man like there's so many weird little biological creatures like just lumps of biological matter that people plug into like it's really icky and weird um in the last like 10 years he's kind of drifted away from that aesthetic right he's done um like more interesting um broad films i'm thinking about history of violence maps to the stars cosmopolis yeah they're not really that same kind of biological horror yeah you wonder how much you can do something like that before you desire a change right you yeah. wonder what that is though if it's like if it's his style or his taste has changed or maybe the audience isn't clamoring for that kind of visual anymore right or the same as they what was be. exciting about um a history of violence was that they do it was pretty like un cronenberg esque until the moment where someone gets kind of shot in the face and they just show this insanely excessive gore. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That moment is like, oh, okay, this, there this he makes is. sense. There he is. <laughs> I see you. He just couldn't hold it back all the way. Yeah. He got out a little bit and showed that gross face explosion. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that we're watching him. And interestingly, um, so this will be released on April 15th. And so four days from right now, April 19th, for our listeners in Canada, is Canada Film Day. And whatever city you're in, there's free screenings of Canadian films, all across the map it's worth checking it out i think canfilm.ca is a website this is how i saw scanners last year is that oh. on canada film day last year they were showing it for free at the royal so i went and just checked it out because i thought hey this is great it's right down the road free cronenberg movie i haven't seen yeah, let's yeah. get into this and this year the same theater is showing cube cube yeah 20th anniversary of cube so i'm definitely going to check that out i hope you can join me i think that's a so work awesome. night for you it is but, um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. And again, like every every city is showing different Canadian films for free. So it's a great mm-hmm. opportunity to come check out and go watch a Cronenberg movie, man. Yeah, check it out. Uh, what's it? What's the date again? In the April 19th. Yeah. And canfilm.ca or just Google Canfilm. And yeah. yeah. And if you're not in Canada, just, you know, take the opportunity to just download a Cronenberg film or, yeah. or watch uh, Cube. 
Yeah, watch Cube. <laughs> Just watch Cube. Cube is a great, for those of you who aren't from Canada, maybe it has a reach beyond Canada. Definitely. Yeah? It's Cube, man, yeah. That's, okay, I hope I, so. Although, like, uh, that's another one. It's been way too long since I've seen that. I really should try to get out, because that would be so fucking cool. To see it's great. Movie. And even, like, the sequels aren't as great, but it's it's exciting to watch, because the premise is so good. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's right up. Yeah. Right. Definitely. My Check family. out Cube Horror Fans. Mm-hmm. It's like, it came out five or, or no, like, eight years before Saw came out. And it's the same kind of, at least, setup where people wake up in a room. They're not quite sure yeah. how they got there, what's happened. And there seems to be things that kill them <laughs> yeah. or things that want them to die. Similar setup to like a movie called like uh, Circle. Circle. <laughs> <laughs> Never talked about that before. Uh, inside jokes for content not recorded. I do. Um, I saw that on the Instagram feed. Um, somebody had just watched Circle and they're like, I really like this movie. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like... We should we should add that to the queue at some we point. We should maybe throw that in the queue. We're big fans of those very kind of simplistic sets, but elaborate yeah, ideas behind even, them. We've been talking about like pitching, yeah, these these single setting horror movies that we really really want to do because they're so so satisfying. Yeah. All right. Well, that's I think all I have to say about to introduce to, this movie. Yeah, I don't have too much to say to introduce it, other than um, I am very 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 excited to take a look at early Cronenberg and start getting that in my head because yeah. we, we've got this like sort of ratio that we're trying to keep up with of new stuff more, mm-hmm. but we want to go back and fill in the roots as well. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be um, exercising that. Yeah. We, we hope you join us on this ride and check out this film as well, as we all learn a little bit more about our favorite genre. Mm-hmm. Can't all be new stuff. Scary cats. <laughs> Some of it has to be older. All right, let's have a drink and watch this horror film. A drink and a horror film. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Let's let's open this up maybe uh, with a question. How many six or seven-year-olds do you think you could take in a fight? Oh, because isn't there like a... Um, there's a website calculator... There is. There is. Okay. That asks you a lot like of ethical questions, like, yeah. would you be willing to? Would use... you like eye gouge them or whatever? Like, yeah. <laughs> or would you, would you be willing to use one toddler as a weapon against other toddlers? Yeah, sure. Okay. But so... in this movie, people seem to not be able to take more than two. No, two is because well, they're surprising you. But I mean, there's if I walked a... into it, I'm gonna say infinite for me. You you could take on an infinite amount of to- of six, six to seven year olds. Yeah never ending that's ambitious <laughs> i could easily but the point i'm trying to make is that a, a bunch of characters but, die at a reasonably small amount of six or seven year olds in this movie yeah but they always have hammers There's, they always have something to bash you with but how much strength could like a toddler possibly have with uh, a toy hammer yeah in the case of the teacher at first the first kill we saw by them by our little boys was um the grandma right the grandmother was the first to die, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the second one toddler started swinging a hammer at me or biting my neck from behind, I would, like, grab and throw them. I feel like that's... I yeah, guess well, maybe... I mean, you have to imagine first, in the first situation, that you're a grandmother mm-hmm. who just walked into the kitchen because she heard a kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you turn around and you're getting bashed with a meat tenderizer in the head. And she was just trying to crawl away from it. Yeah. So I, I see how, like, just the building damage, the element of surprise, these kids are punching through walls and shit. And, right. like, th- they uh, threw that one glass ball thing, I think, through a wall. 
Oh man, that yeah. thing went right through the drywall. So they're super strong. I think I think you're exactly right. We have to assume that the brood is, has some kind of super strength based on the amount of rage that the mother has. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool melding of like emotionality with the physical mutant nature of the creatures because they're real. That was so cool. How right at the very very beginning of not beginning of the movie, ter- terrible terminology, but um after uh, the father sees it for the first time. Um, it dies because it ran out of juice and then it's on an autopsy table at the police, like with the police. Like Mm -hmm. how great is that? That there is suddenly a little mutant creature in this, in this movie and everyone knows about it and no one's like, Nope, there's no monsters. There's no mutants. Yeah. If anything, I wanted more from that whole scene of, okay, we've got one of the mutants. It died. It, what did they say? It expelled its energy. Yeah. It had these little like, um, fluid sacks like a camel's hump on between their shoulder blades and when that <laughs> um when that runs out they run out of juice they die right right yeah i was i was really paying attention to like the, the new air quotes for you some science i was listening to that because i was very curious about how these little things worked and right like they really wanted to say that oh, man this is such a cronenberg movie and <laughs> I, I shouldn't be be saying that because i don't know what i'm talking about but like very very physical making these things very real there's like the fact that you know that's uh, little mutant children like that didn't stop the police from seeing them that really puts the movie in a different space than a lot of horror movies right you know what was distracting for me for watching a lot of it was the knowledge that i had that we discussed at the top about oh yeah how this is this is taking place during the time where david cronenberg is in a custody battle for <laughs> the visitation rights or the amount of time spent with the oldest child i mean that like that's the majority of this movie, right? It's hard to like, <laughs> it's kind of hard not to laugh as you watch it knowing that because, um, yeah, the, um, the wife or the ex-wife character is right. quite a crazy monster. Exactly. You know, like, like it's like, hard to dissociate his yeah, real life, um, imag- issues with what he's writing and how he's portraying his wife in this film. Yeah, exactly. At the same time. Imagine like you just, you know are going through a, a nasty legal process with someone and they create <laughs> their very first incredibly successful piece that paints the, um, yeah, the ex-wife character as a horribly insane, rageful, murderous, uh, matriarch. Yeah. And that the rage that this individual has that you're divorcing is having insane ramifications yeah. that like the rage that they have, the irrational rage that they have is like destroying lives way beyond even just the immediate relationship that David Cronenberg has with his wife that, yeah. Oh, like she's, she's, this is just bad for everyone. If she has any visitation rights whatsoever with yeah, it's my a, child, it's like a caricaturized version of like how you, you know, perceive the other person in one of those nasty battles. You know, totally. You're always the good guy, right? You're never, that's it. Like I wonder too. I wonder a lot about, um, like how he would reflect on this film now if he would have thought, yeah, I was mm. bitter and I really wanted to yeah. show my wife as, possible. Like, like because the main the main character, the protagonist, is somewhat innocent in all of this, right? Yeah, he and you could tell though he's like he's patienceless and worn down. Like he doesn't he doesn't want to sit and talk to people. He's not very empathetic. He's yeah. just like let's get out of here like he's just annoyed and like wants to do the job and like doesn't trust anybody Mm -hmm. god he's funny and also he's not at fault for any of the shit that's happening like all the entire blame is placed entirely on the psychosis of the 
wife. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty funny <laughs> as well coming from the writer's yeah. perspective. It's like he's completely blameless in the whole situation. Yeah, but I guess for the sake of it being a film, we have to try to dissociate as much as we can from the real life um, happenings yeah. of yeah. David Cronenberg and try to just take it on its own kind of narrative it, face yeah. value. Definitely. Years and years later, though, you know, because that was made, made like 36 years ago. Right. 79. Yeah, 30, 30 yeah. years ago at this point. But if we take um, if we take just the story kind of yeah. as is as this particular doctor, sure. right, that's treating her. Sure. It's dealing with psychoplasmy. Is that what they Psychoplas- call it? Yeah. Some psychoplasmosis. Is some that- weird some weird made up name of yeah. a, a kind of therapy that is very intimate where yeah. you completely engage with the person at the level of their psychosis where it becomes yeah. manifest and like i mean the opening scene is on a live session that this doctor is doing with another patient where the the particular traumatic memories that he's bringing up with the patient are manifesting themselves in the patient's um physiology he's starting to grow these lesions we're watching yeah. these that, injuries happen to him that happened live. On, like the stage that he was performing this live therapeutic yeah. session in front of like an audience that yeah. were like all watching out of curiosity um so that's the bio- biological reality of, that's happening at this movie is that it's a psychiatrist who can yes potentially potentially be therapeutic to the patient but at the same time will biologically manifest the trauma that this patient is going through yeah and um what that how that struck me uh, two things to say about that is it struck me as like he's looking for people who are naturally attuned to this like sort of ability to mm-hmm. like manifest physically like their emotions um and she i guess is the most able to do that as like manifesting them as little children little horrible monster children that completely reflect her emotions. Mm -hmm. What I find really interesting about that comparison is it happens to be almost like a one for one exact direct, um, like story, um, concept as the movie we watched last week before awake. Yeah. Is these people are manifesting their emotions and they're not conscious of it. And those emotions are going out in the world and killing people. That's great. I That did not even occur to me once. Yeah, going I, didn't, through. I didn't want to say that to you on the off chance you didn't catch it. But that's so weird that we like it was kind of by fluke. We watched both of those movies in succession and that the themes that run through them are so tied together. Right. That trauma will affect yeah. the objective world around you. That yeah. internal trauma is something that will manifest itself yeah and and um i don't know if, if this was just me but i thought that 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 this movie was largely based on the performances of the of the people mm-hmm. and the, like you said the uh, emotional performance of like the trauma that they're all going through right and that was a huge theme in before i wake um so i was like i was really seeing that movie in this one yeah yeah no that's great that's a great that's point a cool little i can't yeah. believe that didn't even yeah it occurred to me once but that's very much it Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so the effects, the um, weird, creepy Cronenberg shit was like few and far between. It, it was, was minimal. Was patient. Yeah. And even, um, okay, so the scene where the mother is um, revealing to the husband that, okay, look, I'm giving birth to another brood creature. Yeah. And then she starts licking the fetus. Ugh, you were that, laughing your ass off. First that was, of all. It was amazing. But that scene was actually cut from the movie um, for its theatrical release because it was oh. held by the studios to be too graphic and too disgusting to imply that maybe the mother was like eating or feeding on her young. But Cronenberg has said in interviews since that, no, I'm trying to show just like um, puppies and cats do when they give birth to young, they clean the fetuses right at their birth. 
Yeah. Like kind of, yeah, because he's showing these like inhuman looking things and they're giving them animalistic traits, just really lends itself to the horror aesthetic that, you know, Cronenberg yeah. likes to attach his weird ideas to. Few and far between, but so satisfying when it oh, would, yeah. it would happen. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, the, and maybe restraint is a part of his MO because, like we were talking about um, before we watched the movie with the history of violence, you only see that gore for like a split second, but it makes it so much more effective when it does happen. Yeah. Um, it was weird. Yeah, because it's not, Cronenberg isn't specifically, and we talked about this too a little bit before, it's not specifically gore mm-hmm. that makes the Cronenberg that we know and love. It's like this weird body modification, uh, fleshy pieces of stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just these things that when you see it, it makes you cringe on a level of like, that's the, my body though. You know, like that's kind of what makes Cronenberg so effective. Right. Um, and that in its own, like we, that one character who's wearing like the scarfy turtleneck who I loved so much. Yeah. Um, he was, that performance was the standout for the movie. Yeah, I think. Yeah. The guy who had gone through um, the, what do we call his procedure? Psycho. I, I don't want psychoplasmic plasmosis or something. But his, his fears or whatever manifested in the throat really. Right. He has this big throat cancery, yeah. um, tumorous, gross throat thing and and he really kind of gives the um exposition for the story of why this kind of therapy um manifests the way it does he talks about the lymph nodes in the lymphatic system lymphatic system is very yeah he's very yeah so like the way that this therapist particularly engages with people it really flares up their lymphatic system and manifests in these particular ways yeah that's why those lesions occur that's why there's this physical exactly yeah because he's appealing to for whatever reason, this process appeals to the lymphatic system. Yeah, and that can, whoops, and that can result in uh, some crazy, totally mutations. So Cronenberg always is playing around with this um, reality of biology and trying to push kind of the limits of well, what if biology acted this way yeah. with a particular? And he like he went to when he went to post secondary, he did like apparently a year of biology or so. So he studied, biology was kind of one of his first wow. earliest passions. He oh was super God. interested in human biology, got into a science program, but then after a little while switched from studying science to studying English and like narratives, okay. narrative structures. Yeah. Yeah. So at the very core of Cronenberg's educational history, at least, um, there's both this biology and this love of narrative kind of inextricably linked to one another and that comes through in this movie for sure and i think a lot of his other films yeah definitely um yeah that's so cool the concept of like um a yeah the biology being the um the basis rather than a supernatural yeah a basis for horror that showed that like totally justifies why the police had the corpse of the little monster and that that didn't totally change the flow of events right you know it's like okay yeah everyone believes in it but that's not really the point of this movie Mm -hmm. is like oftentimes in these supernatural flicks or monster flicks or whatever it is it's the belief that it exists is sort of what you're building up to and like most people don't except for the one person who's seen it you know that was sort of the drama in the beginning of a leprechaun (laughs) you know the police obviously are not going to believe that there are leprechauns Mm -hmm. um but in this one because again because it's about like a physical biology more than it is about something like that can't be believed yeah you know people can know it doesn't matter the movie's still gonna trudge on and still be just as effective Mm -hmm. even though other people know and i think that's pretty unique like that's that's something that uh in my own head i'm putting together as cronenbergy no man you're totally right like i can't think of other films of his that really have 
other elements of horror like none of them really lean into the slasher genre or the supernatural at all it's all just it has its It's origin and foundation in biology and how can biology be manipulated in certain ways that is creative and traumatic and yeah yeah and it's for i mean for us we've talked about this a million times but like sci-fi and horror are like just two sides of the same coin yeah and to put those together in such an effective way Mm -hmm. 37 38 years ago damn i gotta say that movie was really blew me away um it was exciting it was exciting to watch i think um the score we should mention oh yeah yeah was very exciting uh throughout and in in the middle of the movie too i remembered that oh we should have introduced this at the beginning but howard shore did the score for this this is one of howard shore's howard shore big breakout movies and howard shore scored the majority of cronenberg's feature films that have come out since then and i mean he's gone on to receive huge fame and oscars from lord of the rings yeah. that's his big series lord of the rings oh, lord of the motherfucking also rings cronenberg music fucking frodo what do you think about lord of the rings you fam love my brother once said my brother once said who's um like approaching like a colbert level of lord of the ring or um tolkien appreciation that's that's he's, a high level i know uh, colbert colbert knows his shit about yeah, he's, every uh, elf well yeah about like <laughs> every the, troll every troll <laughs> um uh yeah he's like he talked about like wanting to be like become like a scholar a tolkien scholar like that level um he had referred to the lord of the rings movies as the best things ever put on film wow yeah wow um i i just get bored of shit in those movies man well that's uh that's because you're a bad person I, I guess so i just i cannot get into it it just the plot itself is not interesting enough to keep me wanting to watch, especially what nine hours plus across mm-hmm. three movies of just fucking walking to a fucking location just to like put a object in another place. Oh, well, listeners, let us know if you agree <laughs> with Chris's really great um, interpretation <sighs> of the Lord of the Rings. You may have heard of it. I know it's a I'm, boring movie about walking someplace. I know I'm not a the most eloquent. <laughs> in this state of consuming a lot of drinks and watching a horror movie and B I know I'm in the minority of not appreciating yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's, that's totally true. Yeah. And, uh, you're totally wrong about that. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Great characters, great performances at, like, the, at the, the very least cast, beautiful music, <laughs> great aesthetic at the very least. I can appreciate the music, which oh, to tie really? back to this music or to tie back to this movie is, howard shores i don't want to let great skills i don't want to let this go but okay we'll tie it back yeah. to the movie that is Let, let's podcast. let's bring it back to the movie and bring it back to some notes i made hold up i'd like to talk about lord of the rings more but okay okay uh psychology is affecting biology uh, authority of psychologists i got mia farrow haircut for some reason chris took a lot of notes in this one and that's why he doesn't know how, what happened in the movie yeah divorce just yeah divorce fucking up kids yeah alcohol the, the grandma was like just pounding back that whiskey huh she was and that was um interesting because when we saw her in the movie we didn't totally know first of all we didn't know um what that first performance thing was like it seemed like it was acting um when the the doctor uh i wrote down his name but i don't have it in front of me uh the doctor raglan raglan you 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 made a strong intention this time 
to remember the names of all the characters. We never do it. And it's like crazy because we watched like two hours worth of someone on screen. And like, I don't know who the main person was, but she was great. <laughs> You're right. We should have a whiteboard and we should, before yeah. we start recording, just write down protagonist, this name. Yes. The, you know what I mean? Just exactly. establish that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So that we're not jackasses when we talk. But anyway, <laughs> so he was doing that, um, that live therapy session in the beginning. We didn't know what that was. And then when we met the grandmother character who was mm-hmm. pounding them back, we didn't know the relationship we didn't know exactly what had happened we knew that there was some sort of relationship between the therapist and the ex-wife but we didn't know what that was yeah um so when we met her and she was pounding it back she was really complaining a lot and talking about um uh in a nasty divorce or situation like that the kids being turned against the parents and yeah she, that seemed to be what was causing her to drink that's a obviously a huge parallel to cronenberg's life at the time <laughs> um and very shortly after the mother was lost or the grandmother was lost. Yeah. Um, Killed by the rage. And that coincided with the mother being interrogated by the psychologist about her relation, their relationship, right? Like the mother was constantly asked, your daughter has these beatings. Um, Do mothers ever do this? Do mothers beat their daughters? And then the mom revealed that, yeah, my mother beat me. Like not, I, I didn't do that to my daughter, but my mother beat me. And at the same time that she's confessing to the psychologist that, yeah, this shit happened. Her brood, her offspring, are killing her mother. Riled up, yeah, because she's like acting out these thoughts in therapy in her head, and those emotions are manifesting through the brood who are going out into the world and fucking people up. I was really blown away by um, the guy who played uh, the guy who had the lymph note. Like again, we were talking about lymphatic, and his throat had these things. Right, I can't remember what he was saying about his own individual trauma. He was saying what happened to him is he did this um, therapy, therapy and uh, it caused him like the the trauma of that caused um, the cancer to develop in him. The right. The right. cancer to develop. And then when he's like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to take him to court? He's like, no, that's ridiculous. You can't go to court and say whether or not I went and did this therapy is going to result in me getting this cancer. Mm. But yeah. You know, and like this guy, man, I wish I knew his name, but you'll all know what I'm talking about. If you watch the movie, he was just this captivating, um, very like timeless personality. Like the, his cadence, the way that he spoke could fit into any like period piece. Yeah. Like there yeah. were, there were a lot of great performances, but his in particular stood out to us as so weirdly like good. way above all yeah. the others. Cause the, the others kind of had just this way of acting that almost seems super dated. Like, yeah. except Raglan was like. The doctor was good. He was he was pretty he solid. He had this yeah. presence to him. Yeah, you know? and the grandmother too. I thought the grandmother yeah, like really everyone. The mother too. Just the mother. She was nuts. just freaked out, wide eyed, insanely good. Yeah. Her performances when she was like both of her arms like covering her head is like you mm-hmm. should have protected me, but I love you. And she's like going back and forth yeah. and like spiraling in her own head and riling up the brood. Man, I like and we were dead silent again for the last third, and especially that scene where she's like fine you you want to see me as i am because the the husband yeah. separated from her is like come on let me be involved let me try to help you let's figure this out and she reveals that yeah. her body is just now this thing which produces these members of the brood these younger children that will just go and enact her rage upon whatever yeah figure uh, but she comes in even, their way she doesn't even know that she is just like experiencing her own feelings and yeah. the brood is going out and doing it yeah that's another interesting layer that your own kind of rage and the effects of the shit that you're dealing with you're not even aware of the reverberations or effects that it has on everyone else like in b- before i wake 
Yeah. Like you have no <laughs> idea what you're dreaming. What you see, uh, you mm-hmm. see a home video about a family's Christmas. Yeah. You're going to have a dream about Christmas and all the butterflies are going to be flying around with like Christmas light colors. Like, I guess the one difference between the two is that you can almost forgive the kid in before I wake because he's not aware mm-hmm. of how his trauma manifests where as the adult, you almost want the, the mother to take a little more responsibility for her shit, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Could uh, it's, be. It's tough, but like, I mean, that's just mental illness. Like that's, yeah. that's in the day they, I think back in 79, you could go like, this is a crazy mother and she's like the bad person. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a time. Now no, I, I totally, I totally hear what you're saying, but I still feel like watching this film that, um, the director is trying to throw a little bit of oh, shade or blame on yeah, the yeah, mother yeah. for all of this shit happening. Yeah. He's throwing a shit ball. Like, yeah, yeah, the husband seems like remarkably innocent, and it yeah, almost ruins right. the experience watching this movie, being aware of the background of this story. You know, I when you phrase it that way, that makes perfect sense. It's it's you you almost can't take it at face value. Like if I knew nothing about that, I would have watched this movie very differently than yeah knowing that. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have been looking for those things. And That's they kind of yeah. just make me laugh because, like, again, we're getting close to 40 years after the fact. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure, like, if you ever bring up, it's like, so in your in your movie, The Brood, there are a lot of um, <laughs> very uh, anti-ex-wife themes. And he just probably puts his face in his hand. He goes, well, he's, I think he's been married multiple times since then. He's had other yeah. kids since then. I mean, this is way beyond. Exactly. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, like, this is so far past the fact that, you know, we, we can probably but the ideas like, are potent and rich enough that it people still hold it to be a great film and a great early Cronenberg movie uh, the yeah the ideas are, are good enough and the visuals are great they are like they that. are stellar yeah. like, you, you almost want more actually I thought in on the kids faces it was a little I don't know if it was lacking but it didn't fully do it for me like they showed them as kind of menacing demony yeah. type yeah it, it seemed like they were trying to make those scenes where they were in the classroom and stuff. Yeah. Make the fact that their kids work as much as possible. Right. Cause they were all wearing like snow suits, you know, like they were yeah. covered except their faces and they were all blonde haired little kids. And you could, you only saw their faces very, very rarely more yeah. so their hands. I mean, yeah. Candy reminded me a lot or Candace, the main daughter reminded me a lot of um, the girl from poltergeist. Which is five years after this movie, I believe. I think that was wow. 84. 84. But it's the same thing, like just that white, white hair. And this is a trope that does um, develop in horror movies where you have the creepy kids be these, you know, blonde to the point of white hair yeah. and very kind of soft-spoken. Village of the Damned comes to mind. You know that movie from the yeah. 90s? With, yeah. uh, I know the Chris image. Alley. I know specifically like yeah. the, the visual from that. But, but it, yeah, they, they something... all have that in common. We're like, oh, if we want to show um, either a kid that's creepy or a kid that's creeped out, blonde, white hair, there's blue eyes. Like, I think it's got this like weird like um, purity aesthetic, you know, just like just an unblemished like white sheet kind of thing. Like, that, I don't know. Right. So, something like that. No, I get it. Yeah. Something vaguely like that. Like, is a choice you'd make sooner than having a brown haired kid. Right. You know, like, it's right. that simple. It's not a, mm-hmm. I don't know. But it it does make me want to go watch more Cronenberg movies just to see. A, I want to I want to see where he like totally like indulges and he's like I'm just gonna throw everything I can think of into at the this like movie. biological yeah level in, in the effects and yeah the way yeah. showing. I'd say existence is pretty close. There's a lot of it's not like violent biology, but there's a lot of biology and biological effects that are in that movie. And that's so yeah, I think well, you should definitely watch um, that. Yeah. That, and, I just and the fly, I imagine too, right? Yeah, the fly. You've seen yeah. the fly, but again, no, it's like 
yeah, it's in there, but it's it's still restrained. Right. It's like it was shortly after that the fly came out. It wasn't that much longer. Maybe that's what's effective to us too. The fact that he doesn't fully indulge in what we want to. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. I was thinking that there there was one that was like completely indulgent in that way that I knew of, but like it's not coming to mind now. So maybe I'm just stupid. One that's over the top. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, man. But it's probably what you're saying. And again, he's drifted. About... He's drifted so far away from that since at least a history of violence, which is 2007. So the last 10 years, he hasn't done any kind of biological horror. It's all been just yeah. different kinds of drama. Yeah. But like you said, it sneaks its way in there, right? Like mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. other movies that he makes. He'll just show a little bit more of a graphic killing than he needs to. Or... Yeah. And again, like he, he snuck that into history of violence, but I can't, I don't think he's done that since like right. in Cosmopolis and in maps of the stars. I'd be very curious what it is exactly that like would have made him uh, use less of it. Cause I, it's not necessarily him shying away from it for any reason. He could be less interested. It yeah. could be that simple. You know, he could, he could have like nailed it in his own opinion. He's like, I nailed it in the fly. I just got over it. Right. As time went on, he's like, I did enough. And the, like The Fly is held as one of his best movies, I believe, right? The Fly as and Dead Zone. Dead Zone's Christopher Walken. I always thought his... Um, uh, Magnum his, Opus. Yeah, I always thought that that was either The Fly or Scanners, just because of how much I heard about Scanners. Yeah, and I felt the same way about Scanners until I saw it. I, I thought The Brood was more rich than Scanners, to be honest. Like uh, Scanners has I remember, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Scanners is the cool psychological element of, oh, there are these individuals that can yeah, make your brain explode just by looking at you. Yeah. So that's a, that's a fun ingredient, but it doesn't... Um, I think it's maybe stretched yeah. too thin. It's like and a two-hour-plus right. movie. That's it's right. That's, what, that's it. It's the brain-exploding thing is all I'm thinking about from Scanners is the whole reason I liked it is yeah. just that. So it's... Eh. Yeah, um, I mean, but again, not, but again am, to but... introduce something that into film, especially in the early '80s per yeah, se, yeah, yeah, yeah. and to do it with a big budget and and well done. I mean, this is very exciting. We all maybe mm-hmm. we take it for granted. Maybe we're spoiled in that we get to see so many movies that take all these weird psychological, biological elements and can have the liberties to throw them anywhere. But Cronenberg really was maybe the first in a lot of respects to make these ideas central. Yeah, or or um he yeah to make it central he was definitely yeah. a trailblazer in that way um and uh another thing we can wildly suppose about no, um, nothing like just talking as if we're phds in horror film <laughs> yeah and you guys know at this point we don't need to say that we're not scaredy cats let us know we want to learn more about horror we love horror movies so if you know more about cronenberg and want to share some facts let us know we'll talk about them on future apps huh absolutely that's i'm feeling more confident about going back and just talking about something we've already um talked about because um well i, I, I mean, really like it it's almost like we're, we're cont- it's not limiting those episode discussions to just that episode yeah they're bleeding over and we're we're building this constant conversation about all the mm-hmm. more horror movies that we watch tying them to one another which i think makes yeah. it a more enjoyable listening experience too if you continue to listen to episodes back to back well you can let us know scaredy cats um we wanted to like actually address some of you guys now that we're talking to, to you directly now that we're looking into our microphones a little more directly and speaking to you guys we wanted to like know who you are like we're getting some weird listens in like japan yeah we want to shout out to our listeners i mean obviously canada and the u.s are have our the most listeners for our podcast but number three is japan so we, i mean how's it going scaredy cats in japan what's going what's going on guys reach out reach out to us on instagram let us know um who you are if you are in japan and you're listening to this episode we're talking directly to you right in this moment please let us know there are a bunch on. of you yeah say hi please let us know what movie you want us to do 
And that that holds no less true for our listeners in Germany, the UK, Portugal, Ireland, and Australia. Oh my goodness. Please, guys, if you are anywhere in the world, please please let us know who you are and, uh, and mm-hmm. what's going on, what you like, what we've said that's incorrect, because yeah. there's a lot of it. Correct it. And Correct it keeps, us, please. It keeps us up at night. Um, <laughs> just listen to it on repeat again and again and again. Uh, a supercut of all my mistakes. Mm-hmm. We got to... <laughs> We need I, your help. I, I want to watch another Cronenberg movie at some point, man. This is this was a lot of fun, and sure. yeah, no, who, should um, another one. Cronenberg should have directed the Leprechaun series. Wow. Let me just make that match right now. They feel Cronenbergy because of the like the again. This is great. We're connecting to old episodes. Boom. Just be, because of the like biological gore that they showed with the Leprechaun dissolving. Remember when they showed his face yeah, that's disintegrating? Exactly what I was thinking about. Even when they just shot him, they shot they showed like a splurt of green blood green shooting up. That blood. was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a pretty good job in that movie. Let's talk more about Leprechaun. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, next March yeah, when we'll actually. do the next one. Um, oh, I can't wait. We have to get through a few more leprechauns before we get to the leprechaun in the hood and leprechaun back to the hood. That's gonna be so hard because I can't wait. Like, 2021. years. Yeah, I can't do that. We'll do it. We're gonna because we're gonna watch other horror movies in the meantime. Yeah, we're gonna watch a lot of them. Um, yeah, we sure are, Dave. Uh, I was about to say something else. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to wildly suppose about something. Um, Please, because I made a, a little connection in my head, and I'm pretty sure I'm onto something. But. Uh, this movie had a lot in common with a Simpsons episode that I'm sure most of us remember. The Treehouse of Horror, the one where um, Bart has the um, the long-lost like mutiny brother. I think his name is Bort, and he lives in the attic. Right. And he eats a bucket of like fish heads. Yeah. That's uh, that thing. And he there's shots of him like running like. Um, Bart is up in the attic and this he's it's like a blur and he's like running from like you know cover to cover and you can't see yeah him. and there's a lot of lot in common with these horrible little monster brood monsters and the way that Bart's brother was presented <laughs> in that episode of Treehouse of Horror I feel like there was a lot taken from this specific movie in that episode of The Simpsons there's definitely strong parallels we should do a quick little Wikipedia search afterwards to try to confirm I took a little quick uh, a little quick search and I couldn't I you couldn't, couldn't, couldn't come up with anything for sure but I didn't you think that, that if you just search like the Wikipedia for that episode of Trios of Horror it would tell you specifically what they're inspired by yeah I couldn't find because I know it by definition I can yeah. find it really quickly. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I agree that there are a lot of strong themes with members of the brood in relation to Candace and Bort in relation to Bart. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think there's something in there. And yeah. that, really, that really tickled me throughout the episode. Yeah. No, this is, this is a very particular horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to have a lot of par- parallels in contemporary ones outside of movies like Before I Wake that really explore that trauma in the same way, yeah. you know? Yeah, but then, like, um, in little ways, it's got lots in connection with lots, you know? Like, yeah. Like, visually, you, you made, we made a bunch of connections right, right at the top of this talk. Like, I love um, the visual, man. Like, just her revealing that sack that she cut open to give birth to the. She tore the it speedest. open. She took a bite out of it and tore it open. Oh, I loved it. I loved God, I wanted so, so much more of that. <laughs> and yeah, maybe well, it was only effective because we got so little. But. Yeah, because it was building to it. Like, there were moments where we were looking at our phones, waiting for something to happen, and then. There yeah. were moments where she was revealing the, the horrible mm-hmm. baby sack on her thing. Then she got choked holding it. Like that oh was just God. a horrific, horrifically great scene. Yeah. And you just when she started licking the blood off that baby, you were just laughing your ass off. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It's hilarious. <laughs> and disturbed 
film distribution company so much that they cut it from the theatrical yeah, release. That's awesome. It's so awesome. That's so fucking great. And we're so lucky that we just get to watch it and we not just get to watch have it, it censored. And just laugh our asses off yeah. in this lovely new um, podcast studio. Yeah. I'm Here just... text Chris Dave saw in our new mics. This is uh this I hope been... hope the audio sounds okay. Yeah, jeez. Guys, you may you're either getting this is either a treat or a nightmare. One of the two. Yeah. Let uh, us know. Yeah, but we're hoping to sound a lot better. We've got some um, special April plans coming up for episodes. We do. Yeah, maybe sh- we should, um, for those who are listening <laughs> and put up with our babble this long in this episode, sure. we should let them know about Alien Day is coming up. Uh-oh, what day is Alien Day? So all of those on Instagram are well aware. I mean, there are some people on Instagram who have been posting every day in anticipation of Alien Day. Text and Chris Dave's on Instagram. Check us out. Check us out. And... So Alien Day is somewhat like corporately manufactured. The studio has put it forth, but fans seems to be seem to be getting right on board with it, and we also are getting right on board with it. I'm on the board. The planet where Ripley first lands and survives and all the shit goes down in the first alien is identified in the alien realm as LV-426. That's the name of the planet. Do you guys have any idea where we're going with this? Where we're going with this is that 426 can also be understood as April 26. So we're going to release an alien episode on April 26. Yeah, Instagram fans. Alien Day, we're doing it. We're going to start every Alien Day of the year by doing uh, a different movie in the Alien franchise. All right. Now, if we have any newer listeners who haven't tuned into some old, old go back and listen to episodes. Aliens, the second Alien movie is the movie that scared me most ever in my childhood. I'm I wonder about should we go into that trauma this time or should we wait a year? Maybe you could tease some of it. It's going to be hard I'll to talk about it a little bit. I'll, yeah. No, I'll open it up. Yeah, it has enough significance for you that yeah. we should mention it. And this least. technically speaking, like now we're talking about Alien now, but like technically speaking, Alien is the scarier of all of them. I agree. But Aliens is the one that happened to fuck me up as a small boy. Yes. Yep. We lad, little Dave. Yeah. So we're gonna. When you were the age of the brood, perhaps. When I was a brood boy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, scaredy cats. We're going to be getting into Alien coming up this month. Mm-hmm. Um, our um, Instagram is very active. Please come and have some conversations with us there. It's a lot of fun. Join our brood. Yeah. At join... Text Chris Dave saw. Yeah. On join Instagram. us. Um, and also like we're learning a lot from you guys. So just keep being great and keep posting stuff that. I can be excited about because I've seen a lot of movies on the Instagram feed that look like a lot of fun to watch. We're listening. We're listening and we'll yeah. call you out specifically in the future. For Definitely. Sure. If you have, if you put us onto some good shit, your, your name is going to be in the episode. So by all means, scary uh-huh. cats all over the world, reach out to us. Um, well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I've been David Sombra. I've been Chris Vandenberg. And this is the Text Chris, Chris Dave Saw Massacre. Massacre. And as always... Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Don't divorce Cronenberg, chaos reigns. All right, uh, see you, scaredy cats, later. See you next time.